0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is is John Trekker Show coming to you live here on this Wednesday evening on the eve of getting things ready at East Lake for the tour championship. Don't forget Andy and Randy and Duke are going to be out there the next couple of days broadcasting live from the event. And man, there is a, a ton of golf news. Uh, so we head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Only one guy that we talked to. It's our buddy, Will Gray. You can check out his work at NBC sports edge betting. And of course, follow him on Twitter at real gray GC as Always will, man. Appreciate the time, man. We got a lot of stuff to try to cover here today with all these different news and notes going on in the world of professional golf.
1: Yeah, John, always good to be with you. And uh, no shortage of headlines in the golf world these days.
0: Yeah, let's start with, tell me what you know or understand about this new golf league, this virtual golf league. I don't know, this whole metaverse thing scares me to death. But this thing that Tiger and Rory are going to launch, do you know a little bit about what this is going to be or... Or what? What kind of the the idea behind all this is? Uh, I would
1: say a little bit, emphasis on little. There, there aren't a ton of details about exactly what it's going to look like, but there the concept is uh, basically primetime golf, where it's going to be in a two-hour clip. Uh, they, they've emphasized the stadium sort of vibe. They've already said Tiger and Rory are going to play. You're going to have top, uh, you know, tour players playing in in leagues in groups of three. So it's definitely leaning much more towards the entertainment aspect than the competition part, but it is kind of a way to shake things up. Uh, Certainly, you know, if you're old enough, you harken back to maybe 15, 20 years ago, the, you know, Chevron and and Capital One matches and stuff where they would play like the Battle of Bighorn uh, in, in sort of a prime time under the light setup. This is going to be a way to, kind of consumer golf a little bit differently and and potentially i think their goal is to bring in a different consumer than maybe the one that's watching the pga tour week in and week out
0: and what do you think the the genesis of this idea is i mean i understand the idea of of getting some new eyeballs but i i just wonder look i mean let's be honest you and i've talked about this before competition for eyeballs is massive in the world of sports i mean whether it's the NFL, it's Major League Baseball, it's professional wrestling. I mean, take your pick on things that everybody's fighting for eyeballs on. What does golf think it can do in something like this? And, and and how effective do you think that they could be in trying to get something prime time to, to watch an event like this? That Look, it, it, if you don't have Tiger and Rory, watch. I mean, to be honest with you.
1: Well, that's the thing. Is that they do have Tiger and Rory. I, I think it, a lot of this, you know the success for this venture is going to hinge and, and be driven by the fact that those are the two guys behind it. They have come together, joined at the hip. They've created this this new corporation, basically that is is launching this as a new venture. And, and you're right, I think that if it was you know two random guys, even ranked in the top 10 or top 20, it wouldn't have the same gravitas or, or certainly the same uh, you know amount of interest for a casual fan. But anytime Tiger Woods touches anything in the world of golf, it's going to have some interest and some intrigue. And some opportunity for a crossover audience. I think that's what the the thought is here, and and I do think that it's just a testament to how the sands are kind of shifting in the world of golf right now, even with you know the, all the stuff that's going on with the PGA Tour and Live. That that what you thought of as professional golf a year ago, even six months ago, that is changing at a fundamental level, and it's opening opportunities for this as sort of an offshoot uh, and a different way to consume it. Golf
0: reporter Will Gray joining us here on the WadeFord dot com hotline. Let's talk about uh, the meeting Tiger and Rory had, and now we're getting, you know, some information about the idea that the PGA Tour wants to play more events. They want to increase the purse money. I mean, is that what this is at the end of the day? I mean, if we cut through all the fog and the Michigas and everything, is it just a matter of getting these guys more opportunity to earn money so that they don't feel like they have to jump ship and go play for, you know, I'll call it a gimmick golf league
1: i think it's twofold i think part of it is that the the top one percent want to be uh, more effectively compensated they these are, are arguments that have been made for three four or five years with the pga tour and the top guys this is not something that came up uh you know within the last few months but it's part of it is they want the the top guys to get more money and also they want the top guys just to play more often together you see these guys at the, at the majors and maybe at the playoff events and not a lot in between. And that's where some of these changes that were announced uh, at the tour championship by, by Jay Monahan, the PGA tour commissioner, this is rolling out very quickly. Uh, This is going to start next year on the PGA tour where you basically can look at the calendar and you're going to know which 15 to 18 events are going to have every single one of these top players. And part of that is going to be that they're going to have elevated prizes. They're going to have more money. The rich are going to get richer, um, but but a lot of it was, you know, as Rory said today in his press conference, when I go and watch the Tampa Bay Bucks I expect to see Tom Brady throwing a football. And I think that there's a big part of that for golf as well of, yes, a random PGA Tour event might get two or three or four of the top players in the world, but we need to have these tent poles pretty much every two weeks once the, the season really gets up and running to say, I know that the best players in the world are going to show up at this event.
0: So, Help me understand, because this is this is why I like talking to you, because, I mean, you, you have a handle on all this. Isn't the reason that we're here now that, look, when I grew up, you're right. Like, I, any random Saturday, I could watch whatever, the Jamie Farr Classic on a weekend, and I would see most of the top golfers. But isn't part of that because there was no money involved in those tournaments and those guys had to play a crap ton to earn a living? Now you can play – a few majors, you know, one of your sponsored tournaments here, go to Europe and play your sponsor, you know, like whatever, the Deutsche Bank Classic or whatever because you're an Amex sponsor or whatever, and and make a crap ton of money without having to physically go out there and play hundreds of rounds of golf a year. I mean, I I get what the idea is of wanting to put more good guys together – but isn't the reason that we're here is because they already make so much money in such a short period of time that they don't have to play all the time.
1: Well, that's it. I think we're, we're talking about varying degrees of crap ton of money. That's definitely the, the stratosphere that we're in with this. I, I, I think a lot of it goes back to the PGA tours decision. I don't know if it was maybe 10, five, eight years ago, somewhere in that range. They kind of took on this mantra of if there's a week on the calendar, we're going to have a golf tournament because we're going to be able to find a sponsor that will stroke the check to to put their name on the billboard and we're going to set it up. And they, they spun it as a playing opportunity for their, for their players. Uh, and that's how you end up ballooning this, this season to 46, 47, 48 events in a 52 week span. I mean, there's a lot of golf. And so I think if you go back 10, 20 years, you had a season that started in January. You had a season that ended in August or September. And so you compressed a lot of the action into those months as opposed to now over the last few years you've had guys just expected to to keep going you take two weeks off after the tour championship and you're right back at it in Napa and and playing from there right through the fall into Thanksgiving so you know the tour is going to get rid of this fall series or they're going to rework it significantly uh, starting in 2024 so that's again something that's coming down the line but I, I think that that's also part of why you're going to see these guys together more often is because we're going to get back as a sport to the idea that the season starts in January. It doesn't start in the middle of September and we're not doing the wraparound thing and we're just going to go from January to August and you're going to know that the 15, 18, 20 weeks when the best in the world are going to show up.
0: All right. I know this is going to be sacrilege what I'm about to say here and and I know this is going to sound crazy, but One of the things that people like about when you get some of these tournaments in the northeastern part of the United States is sort of the fan interaction and, I'll be honest with you, maybe a little bit of craziness from the fans. And I'm not saying you got to go Happy Gilmore and, and, you know, you you got a lot of craziness. But isn't one of the ways to get golf more exciting – is to get the fans more involved in cheering or whatever. I I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud. But, you know, there's a reason why some people like to watch some of those tournaments where the crowds are a little bit rowdier. Do more events where you kind of get the same feel, where you can't tell the difference between this event and that event and this event, where they all just feel like the same, I mean, does that really move the meter on trying to get more eyeballs and more people to want to watch the sport?
1: I think that there's definitely opportunities to, to get more or get closer to fan engagement. I look at a tournament like the Phoenix Open. That That is not for everyone. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But the guys that go to the Phoenix Open know exactly what they're going to get. It's rowdy. There, there's beer being spilled everywhere. Uh, there's going to be guys talking in your backswing. And that's just what you're signing up for. If you don't want to play that tournament, you steer clear, and that's fine. So uh, I, I think that if there are a couple of those sort of events on the calendar where everyone says, all right, listen, I know I know that when I get to the 16th tee at the Honda Classic, it's going to get a little interesting. You're going to have someone in your ear, uh, and, and at least you can prepare for that or skip the tournament if you don't want to deal with it. Uh, golf is a little bit of a different animal just because you can get so close. I mean, there's no other sport unless you're pay, you know dropping big money for courtside tickets at the NBA where you can get – the, you know, close enough to where the, the competitor can hear what you're saying. And, uh, and you can follow them around for a couple of holes and that can, that can be good. And that can be bad in some cases. Uh, so I, I think that it's a little bit of, of fan interaction goes a long way. I agree that if you get it in the right mix, that it creates a more engaging environment. Everyone looks at the majors uh, outside of the masters. I mean, the masters clamps things down in their own way, uh, but the other majors, yeah, it, it gets, it gets rowdy and it gets fun and invigorating and, and a lot of times that worked well for creating a, a more amped-up atmosphere. Uh, but I think that outside of those big events, knowing a couple of select tournaments where that's going to be is a way to kind of hit the middle and make a good compromise.
0: Golf endless Will Gray joining me here on the waitfordcom hotline. All right, let's talk about uh, this Tour Championship. I love this event. Um, I've been lucky enough to broadcast from there a couple of times. And I, I love Eastlake. I love the setup. I, I love the way that they handle this event. How, do you like the format? There's been a lot of talk this week about maybe they're starting to get a little bit of pushback about how the format itself goes with the you know the staggering scores and things like that. Do you like the way that the setup is for this, or does there need to be some changes in how this tournament is presented?
1: They're never going to have a format that, that everyone loves. I'll say that. I mean, you're trying to find a balance between rewarding the regular season and still making it possible for the 30th guy to – to win the whole thing, it's hard to really strike that balance. Uh, So I I like that they changed it. I like the creativity. I don't necessarily love it. Uh, This is a week where, you know, you had Will Zalatouris. He had a great season. He wins the first playoff event, comes in as the third-ranked guy. at seven under, but he has a back injury. Now he withdraws, and all of a sudden he's going to get paid out as the 30th-ranked player for the season when he was clearly one of the top three, four, five guys uh, all year long. There's no fail-safe there. Uh, whereas before in the old format, if you start third, you're not going to fall any further than, I don't know, seventh or eighth, somewhere like that. So, uh, I, I think that it's, it's a step in the right direction. Personally, I would love to see them get it into a match play situation where you set everyone up, play 36 holes of stroke play, knock it down to 16 guys and put them in a bracket for the weekend. You'd have wall to wall match play coverage on Saturday and Sunday. And eventually you'd have two guys. Let's say you have, you know, Scheffler and Patrick Cantlay going toe to toe for 18 mil for 18 holes. Uh, on Sunday afternoon, that would be some great television and certainly a great uh, opportunity for for folks there in Atlanta that are at East Lake. So I don't know that we're going to get there. That's just kind of my my idea that I, I know I've seen floated around, but uh, it's it's definitely something that the tour has shown uh, a willingness to tweak and a willingness to change.
0: Well, it's not a major, but you're going to feel the effects of guys not being there because of the lived defections and things like that. How do you think that? How do you think that people are going to watch this tournament this weekend? I mean, it, it, it is a lot of money involved, but again, it isn't the Masters or the U.S. Open or something like that, but this is a really cool tournament. I mean, I, I, again, I'm, I'm a homer, I'll admit it, but I love, I love the tournament and the idea itself, but it is going to be affected by the guys that are not going to be there. Do you think that there's concern from the PGA about this, or do you think that everything that surrounds this tournament is enough to carry it through?
1: I think as you get into the weekend and you have guys, you know, playing for the the money and and playing for the prestige of winning the the whole season title, it's going to stand on its own. It's more of early in the week that you might feel, wow, you know, Bryson's not here, DJ is not here, Taylor Gooch would have qualified, uh, but he's not here. Those sort of where the big names are missing. But for the most part, they, they've been missing for long enough that now you don't you don't miss them as much, right? They haven't been playing the PGA Tour since about uh, May, so so we've had several months of of these events in the last two weeks of the playoffs where those guys haven't been a factor. And and I think that we're starting to adapt to this setup where you have, you know, one big group of players on one side and you have a smaller, well-compensated group on the other. And and I don't know how often they're going to be intertwining outside of the majors. So uh, it, it's definitely, you know, forced a, a bit of a schism through the sport and they're still trying to figure out, how the future is going to roll out and whether or not those live guys are going to be able to play in the majors. But when it comes to these events, I mean, this is, this is the capstone of the PGA tour season and they're looking to reward the best players from the PGA tour. And so those are guys that, that, you know, are on on top of the leaderboard and, and probably will be there come Saturday and Sunday in terms of Scheffler and Kent Lane, Xander Shoffley, uh, and all, all of the people that uh, are, are in the mix right now.
0: Last thing for you, Will, I've literally just got 45 seconds left is it tough to try to start further back in a tournament like this and and really make hay? Because as you talked about, you know, uh, Tony Finau, Scheffler, Cantlay, the defending champion, you know, these are top-tier guys. And the idea of them playing bad and you trying to make up, it does seem like it's pretty tough to try to break through and try to win a tournament like this.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's by design. You know, you want to make it possible for the 28th guy to win, but you don't want to make it easy for him to win, right? So – uh, and especially because East Lake is not really a course that's going to give up a 61 or a 62. You have to go out and, and put something on the board Thursday and hope that some of the guys ahead of you are going to falter. Not all of them are going to play poorly, but uh, you know, we've seen Rory come back from six shots back uh, the first year of this new format. It's not unheard of, but I still think we're all waiting for that miracle year where you have someone that starts the tournament nine or even 10 shots back and makes it all the way to the top. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. It's not impossible but it'll certainly make for a fun story once it happens.
0: You can follow him on Twitter at WillgrayGC, And, of course, check him out at NBC Sports Edge Betting. He is our go-to guy when we want to talk about things in the world of golf. Will Gray, join us on the WaitFor.com hotline. Will, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes uh, in Atlanta, and enjoy the weekend.
1: All right, no problem, John. Always good being with you.
0: John Chuckery. we'll be back. Sports right now to the game in the Odyssey.com app.